Hello, everybody. My name is Bill Keever, and I want to welcome you to our podcast, Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. I believe the Bible is a book that God gave to us that's full of insights, wisdom, promises, and many other things that help us live daily life. So join me for the next few minutes as we look into the Word of God to find that practical wisdom we need today. Should the enemy try to condemn our fight, his righteousness will Well, praise God. Welcome again to Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. And once again, I'm very pleased and blessed that you decided to join us today. We've been talking about some things this year that deal with what I'm calling winning every day. Now, that doesn't mean you get everything you want every day. That doesn't mean everything turns out perfect every day. What it means is we come to the end of the day with our joy intact, with our emotions intact, with our faith intact, with our expectation intact, knowing that God is still alive and working in our situation. And there are many things we talked about in terms of how to help us do that. Uh, But one of the things we're dealing with right now is something I think is very important to us in a lot of ways, uh, this idea of winning every day being won, and that is the idea of divine favor. The last time we began to talk to you about uh, the people of Israel, And how God blessed them when they came out of Egypt. And I want to read this scripture again. Exodus 3 verse 20. It says, So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders which I will do in its midst. And after that he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty handed. Now, in the beginning of this section of scripture, he talks about all the signs and wonders and the power. We know about the plagues that God brought upon uh, Egypt in order to set Israel free. We know that those plagues were all judgments upon Egypt's gods, and they were tremendous manifestations of God's power. And they were manifestations that that came in in very destructive ways, Uh, but that was the power of God. I mean, Israel needed to be free from Egypt, and God was going to make sure that happened. And part of it, how he defeated Egypt, is by his power, by the manifestations of the supernatural uh, divine power of God. But he doesn't end there. He says to them, and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty-handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold, clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and your daughters, and so you shall plunder Egypt. And again, this idea of plunder was very important. If you overcame an enemy, you took their stuff. You took partially what would enable them to make war against you, but it was just part of the way things worked in that day. And so if God, operating in that day, was going to defeat this mighty nation of Egypt, then there had to be plunder. And the way, what I find so interesting is he defeated the enemy by the power of God, but he plundered them by the favor of God. And this idea of favor, there are two dimensions, two levels of favor that we talk about. The first and most important of them, obviously, 
is the favor that we have with God through grace. Grace is God's undeserved or unmerited favor. Now, there are other things that it is, but that's a basic definition of it. And so we have that. Thank God. I'm a Christian, glory to God. I have favor with God. Paul said, if God's for me, who can be against me? God, I, I was going over that some years ago, and God said, you know what? I like you. I'm for you. I'm, I'm behind you. Who can stand against you? If I like you, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Hallelujah. And so God favors us. And grace, uh, we are saved by grace because God gave us what we did not deserve in the ministry of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And we are saved by grace. We access it through faith. So we're saved by favor. And so favor with God is the foundation of everything that we're talking about here. Without that, then favor in itself really would be a very limited thing. But when it's favor that comes by divine action, and that's what we're going to talk about today, then that's something entirely different. And that kind of favor, no one can take away. And the thing of it is, I find it important, and, and when we were looking at the 12th chapter of the book of Exodus, where this actually came to pass, it says, and, and it was uh, it's noted after the death of the firstborn of Egypt. So there were 10 plagues that came, and it's noted that after, uh, in the word after, it's noted that, and, and the New King James and the New American Standards say it this way, that the women of Israel, the people of Israel, had done what God commanded and went and asked their neighbors for gold, for silver, and for fine clothes. Now, uh, other translations read they did, but I think it's 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 more accurate the way it comes out in the New King James and the New American Standard because they didn't have time to go ask the neighbors right after that last plague. They were being almost driven out. They had to get their stuff together. They had to go. And I think, I believe, that this is something that happened somewhere along the line in the process. And I think it's important that they they didn't get favor just because God had caused this ter- terrible thing to happen. God gave them favor. Exodus 3 says, I will give you favor. Now, favor by nature really isn't something that comes through intimidation. Favor by nature is something that comes to you from a person willingly. Now, I want to take some time today as we look into this. And first of all, let's remember that favor with God is the most important aspect of all of this. So if we don't have favor with God, then any kind of favor we get is just going to be natural favor. But if we have that first, then we can believe for something else. It was a weapon in the life of Israel. It was a weapon in their deliverance. Really, if if you want to, if you think of it that way, there were these tremendous plagues that came that 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 caused uh, Egypt to let them go, defeated them militarily in a sense. But it was through favor, this other weapon of favor, that caused them to go out not empty-handed, but but with riches, with resources. And I want to remind you, too, that this was not something that was uh, kind of underhanded by Israel. Israel came to Egypt wealthy. God was simply making sure they left the same way. I want to take some time today and talk about definitions. I really like definitions. I like to look at English definitions because we think we know what words mean. 
We know how they're used. We use them all the time, but sometimes even words we're familiar with, we don't really know all of the nuances of meanings for those words. And so I want to look at the English definition of favor. So we're going to be believing God for favor. What is it that we're believing him to do? The English definitions, there are four parts to it. It means, first of all, something done or granted out of goodwill rather than justice or for payment. I want to apply all these definitions to what happened to the people of Israel. Here you have these Israelite women. Women. Let's let's remember who they were and what they were. They were slaves. Now, it's possible that some of them worked in Egyptian households, but I I believe if you look at the history, look at the circumstances, they lived in a whole different province and they were tasked with making mud bricks for the construction works that were going on in Egypt at that time. I don't think there were many of them working domestically with the Egyptians. But God says to them, go ask your neighbor, go ask the Egyptians that live in your region, go ask the ones that are not far from you, and ask them for gold and silver and and fine clothing. And so they go and they make this request, and the Egyptians do it. These were not people the Egyptians would be hanging around with. I mean, they worked in mud. Egyptians tend to be very tended to be very clean people. I don't think they'd have been too open to having these people who were basically mud dwellers, mud workers in their homes. But God said go. So they went. Now, here's the first definition. Something done or granted out of goodwill rather than justice or for payment. These Egyptian women had no reason to think that the the Israeli women, the Israelite women, would do anything from them. They were not due justice. As a matter of fact, justice for a slave was no justice. There was no justice for a slave. Uh, They they were not going to pay them. There was no payment to be made. They were slaves. And so they did not do what they did out of justice or payment, but they did it because of goodwill. What a powerful word. Why would these Egyptian women have goodwill towards these Israelite women? They they were foreign. They believed in a God that was against everything Israel uh, Egypt stood for. They they didn't worship the same gods. They were beneath them. They were slaves and yet for some reason when they went and asked for these things, the Bible says that God gave them favor or that they had favor. And that means for some reason they had goodwill towards them. They said, come on in. Sure, I'd love to give you gold and silver and clothes. The second definition means to be friendly or well disposed, to regard, to have goodwill. And and it's basically the same idea. But why would these Egyptian women be friendly towards the Israelites? They had no reason to be friendly. I'm sure that generally they had virtually nothing to do with them, even if they worked in their home. They certainly were not friends. It's just not the way it works with slaves. And yet for some reason on that day, in that time, when these women came and asked for these very valuable things, Somehow, they felt friendly towards them. They had goodwill towards them. The third definition, the state of being approved or held in regard. Well, I mean, I just cannot see in this cultural situation that that 
the Egyptian women would have approved of these slaves coming and asking them for these things. I don't believe they would have had any regard for them. Uh, I don't believe that they would have even wanted to hear from them. I don't think they would have been inclined to give them an audience. But for some reason, on this day, at this time, they looked at them in a friendly manner. They had regard for them. They approved of them. They had goodwill towards them. And the one that I like best the last element of the English definition, it says excessive kindness or unfair partiality. And the last statement is preferential treatment. Wow. These women came to these Egyptians and they received excessive kindness from them. Not just kindness, excessive kindness from them. And they were given unfair partiality. You know, they weren't the only slaves in Egypt. But for some reason, these Egyptian women showed to these Hebrew women an unfair kind of partiality. They were somehow more partial to them than anybody else, and they gave them preferential treatment. Hallelujah. What about the Hebrew words? Does it mean the same thing? Maybe we're reading too much into this. Well, the Hebrew word means graciousness, kindness, or beauty. They saw these people, they treated them with graciousness, with kindness, and saw beauty in them. I'm sorry, I just don't think the culture worked that way. I don't think that was the atmosphere. Now, I could be wrong. Some of this is conjecture. I understand that. But if we put ourselves into the situation, we begin to get a real understanding of what's happening here. The second part of this Hebrew definition is even more interesting. The root means to bow to an inferior. These women literally were bowing to these slaves that came to them and maybe not bowing in terms of bowing down, but they were bowing to their will. They were bowing to their request. They were saying, yes, you may have these things that are precious to us, but we're going to give them to you. And it's bowing as to an inferior. Uh, they were not bowing to the, to the Hebrew slaves. They really were bowing to Almighty God. Hallelujah. So they saw the Hebrew slaves as the inferior, but they were really bowing to God. But see, why did they do that? Let's look at the, well, let's stop here for a minute and just, just look at this. Why did they do that? Why did they give favor to these people? Uh, the culture, again, uh, was not in favor of this. This was not something that was normal. There was no reason for them to view the Israelite women this way. There was certainly no reason for them to give to them what they gave to them. There was no reason for them to be kind. There was no reason for them to be gracious or friendly or to regard them. There was certainly no reason for them to give them preferential treatment. There could only be one reason. Because in Exodus chapter 3, God said, I, God, will give you favor. Hallelujah. God gave Egypt favor. Well, is this a New Testament thought? Is What does it mean in the New Testament? Well, the Greek word is the word translated grace. Everywhere it's applied to the, to the work of Jesus, everywhere it's applied to the work of salvation or the work of salvation in our lives, is translated grace. But there are places where it's translated favor, and it means good will, loving kindness, or favor. Well, that's exactly what uh, the Old Testament word means. That's exactly what the uh, modern words means. Uh, the spiritual connotation is uh, one governed of the one governed having the power of grace, giving favor to someone. In other words, 
uh, someone in control gets favored to someone who is below them, who cannot. There's nothing you can do to force the issue. That's why I think it's important for, that we realize I don't believe that favor comes by intimidation. Uh, you could say, well, they gave them favor because of all the plagues. They gave them favor because of the death of the firstborn. Well, I think it happened before the firstborn for sure. And I'm not sure, so sure it didn't happen uh, somewhere early in the process of the plagues. Either way, certainly the manifestation of God's power could move people to give them favor. But the very definitions that we read, that seems to me that there's something different. There's a different attitude. It's not something that comes by intimidation. It's something that comes by choice of the one who gives the favor. And so God gave them favor. There are tokens. One of the words, uh, translations of the Greek word favor, tokens of or proof of grace. What was the proof of their favor uh, when they got it in Egypt, it was the gold, the silver, and the clothes. What's the per proof in our lives? Well, it's the presence of God. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the sense of righteousness and reality of righteousness that we have before God. But there are other things, and if we extend this to mean not just favor from God, but really favor in the context we're talking about it was from people, from other people to those, uh, in the case of the Israelites, who had no ability, they had no control, they had nothing they could do, but they were given favor by people, but they were given by favor by people because of something God was working. Now, let's, let's just think about this from the framework of where we are today, uh, what our lives are like today, what our culture is like today, because I can't think of another day in, in, that that I have experienced. I mean, I lived through the uh, 60s. I was born in 1954. I lived through the 60s into the 70s. We just watched that movie, The Jesus Revolution, and it brought back so many memories. It was really like that. That's if you've seen it, that's the way it was. And uh, so I remember all that. I remember the culture at the time. I remember how uh, police were looked down on then. They used to call the cops pigs. Anything that was establishment, anything that was uh, of the old order, they wanted a new order. And it, it, it was really a strange and wild time and not favorable to Christianity. And yet, in the midst of that, was this thing called the Jesus Revolution, where a whole lot of these hippies found something that was more important than just rebellion. Hallelujah. They found Jesus. And so, I, I remember all that. I lived through all that, all the times from then to now. And yet, today, I, I just see so much more unfavorable conditions for the church. More and more, the church is being pushed into the background. More and more, the church is being looked at, particularly if you're born again, uh, filled with the Holy Ghost, you're looked at as mean, as un unforgiving, unkind, uh, intolerant, all of those things, ignorant. We're just ignorant because we believe these weird things like God raised Jesus from the dead and uh, Jesus was born of a virgin and that God actually still does miracles and yet the world is searching for the supernatural. That's another message altogether. But for the church, we live in a day where we have anything but favor. And yet I believe what God is saying to me is that he wants to begin to pour out, pour out his favor upon us and upon his people. Let's go over this list of definitions again. What is it that God wants to do for us in the middle of this unfavorable time? And as I go over them, you're going to think, 
That's impossible, but not nearly as impossible as it was for slaves in Egypt who were at the moment wrecking the Egyptian economy, wrecking the Egyptian nation. I believe God wants to do something and he wants to begin to grant goodwill uh, f- to his people. Not, uh, not, not a matter of adjustment, justice or payment, but just that God wants to grant goodwill, begin to grant w- goodwill to his people. Now we're going to really narrow that down or focus on that in a moment. I believe God wants us to understand that he can move upon people to be friendly and well disposed towards us. I believe we, he wants us to understand that uh, that we can become a people who are in a state of being of being approved. That 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 can become something of a force in the life of the believer. And I believe that God wants to give us excessive kindness with people. I believe God wants to move on people just like he did in Egypt. Keep that in mind. He did it in Egypt. He gave them favor. I believe God wants to give us favor in the midst of an unfavorable time, excessive kindness, unfair partiality and preferential treatment. Hallelujah. And so I believe that's what God wants to do. I believe he wants to give us goodwill, loving kindness. I believe he wants to give us uh, grace with people, favor with people. And so even in the middle of this, I believe God wants to change something. What are you looking at today? What do you need today? What is it in your life that you're doing? You need favor. Everybody needs favor. In this world, we need to have favor with merchants. We need to have favor with banks. We need to have favor with employers. We need to have favor with schools. We need to have favor. Any place where there's conflict, we need to have favor. And I believe God is saying to us, just like he did Israel, I'm going to do that. And it's not going to be because we intimidated. This is something that I think we've made a, a bit of a mistake in the past, go to our employer and say, well, bless God, you better not keep me from witnessing because if you keep me from witnessing, God is going to get you. Your business is going to fail. That's not how you get favor. You know, one way you get favor, work really hard at your job, work really hard, do a good job, do it to the best of your ability. Don't do it just to get by. That's a good way to get favor. And that's that may be to begin with natural favor, but I tell you what, God can work with that. And God can give you preferential treatment. God can give you excessive favor. And I believe he wants to do that. Now, there's something, a principle here that we need to understand about all this. Pharaoh did not give them favor, but the people did. Sometimes we allow ourselves to get so focused on the media and how they're portraying us. Or we get focused on the politics and which side of the aisle is for Christian values and which side of the aisle is against Christian values. And the truth is, there are a whole lot of people on both sides of the aisles that are not in any way godly and they're not going to help us. But we have a God. But we need to realize that we don't look to the government for favor. Don't look to the culture. Listen, the Egyptian culture was completely against them. Don't expect the culture to favor us. Don't expect to start getting good uh, reviews in the on TV or in social media and all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that can't happen. That may happen, but that's not what we look to. This idea of favor in the life of the Egyptians 
had nothing to do with their government, really had nothing to do with their culture. What God said to them was, each one of you go to your neighbor, go to the person living around you, and you ask them. This kind of favor that God wants to bring to our lives is not institutional favor. Although it can manifest in institutions, it is primarily the favor given by one person to another person. That's why relationship is so important to us. We need to be willing to reach out to anybody. We need to be willing to reach out in love, in kindness, in goodness. All the things that favor is defined as, we need to be that to others. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And then God will take that and begin to work on that and do something supernatural in the lives of people around us. And people will favor us. Favor really comes from one person to another or from a person to a group of people. It's not about the institution. Don't look to the government. Don't look to the media. Don't matter of fact, you know, just don't read that nonsense. You start you start reading stuff that's really negative and just just move on. You turn on the news and it's all neg- just just move on. Just shut it off. I don't even pay any attention anymore. I just pray God, I thank you. Help me to go and find people that I can do good to, that I can be kind to, that I can reach out to in some way and hopefully bring them into relationship with Jesus. And then I do pray, God, Thank you for favor. Thank you for favor where I need it. Thank you for favor when I need it. Thank you for favor with whatever area, whatever person that I'm dealing with or whatever thing I have to deal with. Thank you for favor in there somewhere. It may only be one person, but God can give you favor with the right person. Now, this also doesn't mean you get favor all the time. You're just just well-liked. Everybody's going to like you. Everybody's going to be kind to you. That is simply not going to happen. Matter of fact, there are probably going to be more people that will want to not give you favor than will want to give you favor. But when God is moving, God will give you favor when you need it and where you need it. Hallelujah. I believe that we need to expect that. I believe that we need to begin to pray for that. The Hebrew women, what was it that caused them to get favor? They obeyed God. They did what God asked them to do. Now, I want to point out, I, I kind of skipped over this, but I want to go back. This principle of the, the leader doesn't necessarily give you favor, but other people give you favor. We see it over and over in the Bible. Elijah uh, and the children of Israel. Remember Elijah and the, and the prophets of Baal? And he defeated those 800 prophets of Baal. And then the people all followed him. They all, they all hailed him. They were for him but not so much the king. <laughs> I mean, Ahab and Jezebel, Jezebel sent him a little message saying, I'm going to kill you. And, you know, Elijah listened to that and he ended up hiding in a cave. But you see, God had favor upon Elijah and God gave Elijah favor with the people. I, I often wonder when he got that message from uh, from Jezebel, the king had done what Elijah told him to do and the people were with him. I, I don't know why he didn't send back a message saying, how are you going to kill me? everybody's for me. I mean, I got I got thousands around me. But he, he didn't see that. He didn't understand that the favor with the people was more important than the favor from the government or from the leaders. David, Jonathan and the people loved David. David killed his, or Saul killed his thousands. David his ten thousands. They loved him. Jonathan was a blood brother to him. But Saul tried continually tried to kill him. Jesus, the people always loved him. They followed him. Uh, but the scribes and the Pharisees were always trying 
to plot against him and destroy him. In Acts chapter 2, 46 and 47, it says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. It doesn't say favor with the rulers. He certain, they certainly didn't have favor with the, the Sanhedrin. They didn't have favor with the ruling Jews. They didn't have favor with even the Romans. They had favor with the people. And that favor, and here's another element of this that we'll probably talk about later. That favor led to tremendous growth of the church in their day. Listen, favor is a force. Favor is a power. If you remember that no matter what you see in the medium, even if you hear, you know, maybe you got a boss that just doesn't like you, thank God for favor. Just go to the Father and say, Lord, I thank you that just as you gave those Egyptian women, or Israel, Israelite women favor with the Egyptian women, you're going to give me favor because I have a covenant with you. And any time your people needed favor, if they asked for it, if they were, listen, if they lived right, you can't be walking in sin and expect this. You, you can't uh, not believe it and expect it. But if you believe God, then God is working on behalf and he's going to give you favor. Not with everybody, but with somebody. Not with all those in charge, but with somebody who can help you at the right time, in the right place, and give you what you need. I believe this is something God wants to do for us, but I believe it's something right now in this climate we need to understand, we need to believe for, we need to at times ask for, and that could mean a lot of things, asking for a raise, asking for a better job, asking for uh, some kind of something that, you know, or, or applying, for instance, for something that you don't think you could get. I think that we need to obey God, whatever God leads us to do. Just do it. Hallelujah. And God will give you favor. This is a powerful tool, and it's something we need right now, but it's impossible just as it was impossible for those Israelite women. It's impossible for us today because everything is, is out there declaring and proclaiming that we're old-fashioned, we're, we're inflexible, we're unforgiving, we're harsh, we're mean, we're all those things that we're not, by the way. And yet, God is going to give us favor. I don't know about you, but I'm latching on to this, I'm believing it, and I'm expecting it. In Jesus' name. Well, God bless you. Have a great day. Expect some favor. When you go to bed tonight, if you're if you're kind of down, just say, God, I thank you. You gave those Israelite women favor with the Egyptian women. You can give me favor where and when I need it. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon. This podcast is an outreach of Living Word International, a division of Intercession Ministries. If you'd like to contact us, please email livingwordintgreen at gmail.com. That's livingwordintgreene at gmail.com. Have a great day.